This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Todd Willits, and I'm joined by EPFR's economist, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming week. Cam, good morning. Uh, It's been a really hectic two weeks, I think, across the the team looking at all of the various global macroeconomic events. Uh, How are you holding up? Uh, Not bad, though I will be happy when uh, the incumbent U.S. president actually agrees to hand the keys of the kingdom over to Joseph Biden. So I I do want to touch on the election outcome, but uh, I think we really need to lead this week with the biggest equity inflows in EPFR's recorded history. Uh, Do you think that's all driven by the election or what's at play with these really massive inflows into all equity funds? Well, I think it's the intersection of uh, both the pandemic and the election. Uh, In the aftermath of the 2016 election, once uh, the markets uh, had clearly accepted that uh, Donald Trump had won, uh, we saw a a, a comparable surge in flows into uh, a a number of equity fund groups, uh, especially U.S. equity funds and the uh, key sector groups expected to benefit from a Trump administration. Uh, And there's certainly some of that here. Um, There was a somewhat muted reaction in the immediate aftermath of the election because nobody was conceding. Uh, But the consensus that Joseph Biden has won has really hardened. uh, And we're sort of getting that uh, post-election bounce. That said, I think it's been turbocharged by the fact that the pandemic sent so much money to the sidelines, uh, over a trillion dollars to U.S. money market funds in uh, March and April. And though that money has been slowly moving off the sidelines, uh, it certainly hasn't rushed off uh, something that I think has a lot to do with the fact that investors knew uh, they were heading into a potentially contentious election, Uh, So elected not to rebuild positions until they had some clarity there. That's something we've been monitoring uh, for the past few months. Yes. Um, That said, the uh, the flows were quite broadly based among uh, the emerging, uh, not the emerging, the equity fund groups that we track. um, Sort of multi-month highs for. Uh, emerging markets and global equity funds. So you mentioned the the sector rotation back in 2016. What sort of results are we seeing or uh, impact are we seeing on the the sectors this time around in 2020? Well, what we saw, I think, this week might be called um, uh, something of a mini relief rally in flows. Um, Four of the 11 major groups that we track week to week uh, took in over a billion dollars. Uh, that included healthcare, technology, and financial sector funds, uh, all three of which uh, 
were definitely being viewed as ones that could struggle uh, if we'd seen the blue wave uh, in early November. Um, but uh, with the current uh, consensus being that uh, the Senate will not be sort of a reliable part of the Democratic team uh, going into next year, some of the worst case scenarios for those sectors, you know, involving regulation, antitrust, uh, or in the case of the healthcare sector, uh, a growing public role uh, are much less likely to materialize. So what impact would, would you say the U.S. election results had on, on investors' thoughts towards investing in China? I know that's been a, a hot area for much of 2020 uh, from an investing perspective. Did that have an impact or is there any uh, posturing happening for um, getting ready for a Biden administration and how they work with China? Yeah, I think that um, certainly uh, what we've been hearing and seeing, uh, especially from institutional investors, uh, is some caution about the the the, the narrative that uh, Biden is is because he's not Trump will automatically be better for uh, economic relations with China. Uh, there's been a fair amount of speculation that. Um, uh, Biden administration's green agenda uh, will become the sort of new uh, template for whether or not to apply tariffs, uh, replacing Trump's sort of balance of balance of payments, trade deficit type of view. Um, and in that case, uh, it's very easy to see continued conflict with China. Uh, this year, they've been building coal-fired plants like they're going out of fashion. Uh, you know, on the other side of the coin, they're the world's leading producers of solar panels and electric vehicles. So it's going to be a complex dance. One thing I can say is that we've seen just uh, really since uh, the uh, beginning of the real campaign, final sprint to the U.S. election, uh, a significant takeoff in flows into uh, China equity funds claiming uh, an ESG or SRI mandate. Interesting. So perhaps a little bit of a um, protection for those investments if there is something that further develops. Yes. So, Cam, what are you and the team looking at this upcoming week? I know, uh, obviously, we get to year-end and you start to prepare a year-end or a year-in-review, but but for this upcoming week, what's some of the work you and the team are doing? So, um, it, I think we'll sound a little bit like last week's. Uh, we're still uh, working hard to come up with some new factors uh, to <clears throat> shed greater light on that. Uh, certainly portfolio capital trends in Japan, where you're having to navigate around the Bank of Japan's, you know, eye-popping ownership of certain asset classes. Um, and uh, money market funds uh, are very much uh, in focus at the moment. Um, now that the election has settled, uh, the question of, of how quickly uh, money will leave uh, that uh, major group and the systematic implications uh, are generating a lot more debate uh, and 
since we have a whole subdivision dedicated to tracking that, um, you know, these are questions of compelling uh, interest to us. Um, and we will be paying close attention to how the money moves into, around, and through the various sector fund groups. Uh, historically, that's been sort of a good canary in the coal mine for uh, initial assumptions about a new U.S. administration. Uh, and with the pandemic this year, we've seen perhaps the strongest uh, investor opinions expressed through those vehicles. So those are going to be the three areas we're most focused on this week. Great. Uh, while it is a, a little bit of a repeat, it's, it is it is interesting to see how these things shape from week to week, right? Uh, you, we, we think we, we know what's happening, but then you look at the data uh, following week and things could very much change. Yes. All right. Thanks, Cam. Have a, have a great week. You too. Cheers. As always, you can find EPFR on LinkedIn and on Twitter at EPFR. To sign up to receive our EPFR daily exchange research we spoke about here, you can visit financialintelligence.informa.com. For questions or to suggest a topic for an upcoming podcast, you can email EPFR exchange podcast at informa.com. <laughs>